Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. Erica has been a client of mine for, ooh, gosh, we started working together almost two years ago. 2019, yeah. Yeah, sometime two years ago in 2019. And we have worked on and off in various capacities. You've worked with me kind of in group coaching. We've done one-on-one coaching now for over a year, but it was a year's time. It was two six-month chunks together. I love it. And we started together really because you were feeling very dissatisfied in your work life and just wanting more time and abundance of time with your son. And at that time, your son, your little baby, who and you're pregnant with number two. So I know we're going to hear a little bit about that too. But at the time, you just wanted to have more time with, with your family and just not have work as the number one priority. And so we've done a lot of coaching around that. And today, you work full-time, if you will. The only job you have is your business running an organizing company. Tell us a little bit about where you're at right now today. And then we'll backtrack a little bit because you have so much to offer us on this journey of how do you kind of separate effort, if you will, from the success equation. There's just so much you have to offer as we talk about that. And so let's hear a little bit about you and introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll get going. Yeah, we started working together when my son was like six months old and we're approaching our third birthday now. So... Oh my gosh, that's crazy. crazy. It's been a long time. Right now, we're approaching our one-year anniversary of leaving my corporate job, which was a huge part of the work we did together last year. So good. So that feels incredible. And I definitely have never looked back and saying like, oh, I regret this decision or what was I thinking? It's just been full steam ahead. I was determined to make my business successful and be able to create the balance that I wanted to create with having more time with my son and just more family time and not feeling tethered to a computer and the nine to five and my phone always being on and always available. So it's been a huge transition this last 12 months, but even kind of ahead of that, just some of the work that we've done together. So as of now, I own my own business. I have a team of about five girls that work with me. So fun. (laughs) Feels amazing. And really like, the business took off faster than I could have really imagined and has been successful really right out of the gate. So looking forward to welcoming baby number two in the end of October. And my team's going to kind of continue to keep the sunny spaces ship floating while I'm taking a little leave too. So really amazing that I've gotten this to this point. I love it so much. And sunny spaces, of course, is your organizing business. And you're based out of where again? Where do you live? We are just north of Pittsburgh. So we service the whole greater Pittsburgh area. Awesome. And of course, we will link to your business and what you do just in case there's listeners out there in your area that want your services. As we talk about your story, I think what's really applicable to so many ambitious women, and there's just no question that you would be in the category of an ambitious goal setter. You're very dedicated and committed to accomplishing whatever it is you've decided to accomplish in your life. And in the beginning, in our very first stint of coaching together, we were focusing very much on you just finding balance and peace with where you were at, at your current job, you know, in your corporate life. And then our second stint of coaching together was basically getting you out of that corporate life and into the dream, which was this business that you have now. And then the third part of our coaching together has been, how do you expedite success 
where it's not you working overtime basically all the time to make it happen. And in the midst of that, knowing that you were pregnant in the midst of that, and how do you take maternity leave and not have this urge constantly to have to work and to get it done and worry about the money drying up and all of those kinds of things. And here we are today with like, I don't know, eight weeks to go or something till baby number two comes. We've made lots of plans for how your maternity is going to go. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you would describe yourself before in terms of your go-getting kind of attitude and personality and kind of the drive that you have and how that was all tied up with time and success and effort. And we've done so much deep dive into that. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about how you would describe yourself. I was definitely a get up and go girl. Like I, my alarm would go off at 5am. Sometimes I just get out of bed a little bit before that just to get a jump on the day. And I'd be on my computer plugging along, drinking my coffee, just trying to kind of catch up or get ahead or whatever it was, because I knew once, you know, my son was awake, it was the whole breakfast out the door, get to school you know, fun that it is with toddlers and putting on shoes and brushing teeth. Um, (laughs) And then I would see two clients back to back because I felt like I had to get everybody in as fast as possible and work as hard as I could. So I'd eat a piece of pizza in the car on my way from one client to another and never taking a break, you know, kind of making phone calls as I go. So it was just like this constant run, 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 get home, pick up Caleb, get dinner going. And then as soon as I put him down, it was like, okay, back on the computer for a little bit just to stay afloat. I really didn't give myself any time to work on the business. I just always felt like I had to keep things going as fast as possible for my client. When I think of you, the old Erica, I think of someone that had noticed that there was like five minutes of space and you're like, oh, maybe I can check one more thing off that list in that five minutes. Like I could definitely do one more thing. What's the one thing I can do right now? It's the fastest thing, right? And it's always looking for that moment of like, let's squeeze it all in and let's see if we can get to like down and zero on my to-do list. Exactly. Yeah. Like I have five minutes in this client's parking lot. Let's do a post on social media or see if I can run into Target as fast as possible to get whatever I need. And there was no white space. It was just cram, cram, cram. How much can we get done in a day? And I felt like that's what I had to do to be successful. You know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm for a while I was a one man show or, you know, I I did have some help along the way, but I really just wanted to do it all and do it fast. And of course, please my clients as fast as possible. I was always very worried about, well, if I tell them I can't see them for two or three weeks, they're going to go with someone else. So I think I had a lot of thoughts from like the scarcity perspective of like, well, if I don't do it now and I don't do it perfect, then it's not going to happen. I'm going to lose the sale or lose the client. So it was almost fear-driven that I did so much. I'd love for you to describe the same energy because you're talking about this in relation of like the last year in your business, right? And growing your business to the success that it's been at right now. But I know all of this was there when you were in the corporate life. So what did that look like in the corporate life for you? The same kind of energy and the same kind of drive that you had. Tell us a little bit about like remembering back to what does this equate to in your corporate life? Yeah, I think for that too, you know, and that's just who I think I am is, you know, we were, we did a lot of work on people pleasing. And I know you've probably talked to a ton of clients about that, but just wanting to always do right by people. And, you know, you want to please your boss. I had a team there. I wanted to make sure they always felt supported. So it's, you know, very similar of always wanting to be on, right? Your phone's always on you. You're always available because I felt like that's what made you a good employee. You know, I'd take calls during dinner and, you know, just not prioritize necessarily well, but it was all because I thought it's kind of what I had to do to climb the ladder and get the next promotion and be taken serious. And, 
you know, I wanted my boss to know I was serious. I wanted my team to know I was there for them. And so it was just always, what extra projects can we do? What other ways can we make ourselves special? There was times when my team was going to be getting cut. So I had to make sure that we were like top of mind and showing our worth. And it just seemed like anything extra that we could do to go above and beyond and and had to be done now. There was no tomorrow (laughs) for me in a sense. The show your worth. That's a really interesting way of describing it because that's the proving mentality, right? Mm -hmm. That if you do more, you're worth more, you're more valuable, the more you check off the list or the more that you are present or the more you say yes to or the more meetings you attend or the more available that you are, the more valuable you are to your company. Or now, like in this case, the more worth and more value you are to your clients, right? It's the same mentality that in order to grow your business, you have to be on always and you have to show that you're like very available to them and that you can cater to all of their needs and all of those things. So whether we're talking about a client now in your business or we're talking about the customers and the team or the boss that you worked with in your corporate environment, it just like equated exactly the same. Exactly. Yep. Let's talk about the how some of these things have shifted, but I would love to hear how you would describe yourself today. Now that we've done so much work on this and we've gotten you to a very different place, how would you describe where you're at today and some of that drive or that mentality that you used to have? I mean, I'm still goal-driven and I still want to be successful, right? Obviously, that hasn't changed. We set some big goals for you, for sure. We did. No question. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you know, there's definitely days where I wake up and I just have this drive where I want to get on the computer right away and I want to get stuff done. There's a little bit of just this like constant reminder. I have to tell myself, like, I'm in control. I have like my daily affirmations that I go through. And that's just one of them I come back to all the time because no one is telling me, you know, I know we worked a lot on this, like no client is dictating my schedule. I am in control. So I always just kind of come back to that. And I remind myself that I also deserve this downtime. I still get up early. I like to have time to myself in the morning, but I now I make it about me and my personal growth instead of, oh, I better check my bank account and do the schedule and, you know, blah, 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 do all the things. The big thing, thing I think that really came out of our coaching this most recent time around was just reducing the cram. I think is one of we, you know, kind of the words we kind of kept coming back to. So I started, um, I started to take a long. What does that mean? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even if it meant like eating still in my car on the way to a client's house, I would actually pull over in a parking lot and stop and eat lunch. That was kind of how it started. Like I gradually got myself to a place where I just wasn't constantly driving and shoving food down my throat and running from one to the next. Tell me why that was even important to you. I'm mean, Obviously, I know that we set it as a goal, but why did you want that? Why did you want to reduce the cram in your life and not fill every little space of time? I just felt like I could never enjoy anything. Like I was just always rushing from one thing to the next. And then I'd get home and I'd feel stressed because I hadn't have a chance to check any messages all day. And and then I felt like it just always cut into our family time. So I'd finally be home at five o'clock to have time with my family. And then I was like, felt this pull, you know, that was all in my head, but this pull to my phone of like, well, I didn't get to follow up with people and I didn't get to do things that I also wanted to do during the day, whether it was personal or client follow-up. So I think the big why was because it I knew it wasn't sustainable. I think we kind of uncovered like I can't keep running like this. One, I'm I'm pregnant <laughs> and I'm getting more and more pregnant as the days go on. So like at some point I need to just slow down, but also like, I just didn't want to feel that way anymore that I had to just always go, 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 go. And even on my days off with Caleb, I only work typically three days a week. 
So the other two days are supposed to be these dedicated mommy Caleb days. And I would just feel myself being like, oh, let me just check this message. He's playing. Let me just, you know, do these things and get kind of sucked in. And I just wanted to be free. You know, that was the whole point of quitting a corporate job was because I wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know, have the freedom and flexibility. And I wasn't giving it to myself. You know, we experienced that in a corporate life too, where it's like, well, let me just check this email real fast. You know, I'm waiting on something. It's on your mind. You're like, but if I get it, done, then I'm not going to think about it. And I'm going to feel that feeling of freedom. If I just get this out of my head and I check that email or I answer this text or whatever. And then of course, as you said, it's like a trap. It kind of takes you down this rabbit hole. But really, even if that was the only thing you did, the sacrifice of like pulling away from your family to do it, you know, now you're not present. Now you've missed out on an opportunity to hang out or chill or have a game time or read a book or whatever it is with your family you've traded that off. And when you really step back and look at it, it almost never feels actually worth it in the end. And this idea that you're describing is like something that I like to call the have to mentality. Like I just have to do this. I don't have any control. I have to, they need to get, I need to get back to them or I have to, because I need to feel better and I need to let it go. Like there's no other way I can let this go. There's no other way I can rest. There's no other way I can be present. There's no other way I can do, you know, I just, I have to. And this feeling of have to is a feeling of confinement, not a feeling of freedom, right? For sure. We talked a lot about the have to versus the want to, and there'd be many nights that I would log on because I wanted to, there was a project I wanted to do and something you know, and being an entrepreneur, it's like, it's still fun for me to work. I mean, that's the whole goal is to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And I hope everybody has fun at work. Like, yeah, for sure. That was one of the reasons why you left your corporate job. It was not fun anymore. Right. So let's just be clear about that. But of course, so many people like that's the goal. You want work to be enjoyable. I hear that from so many women. It's like, I really love this. I really like, like, I genuinely want to kind of continue to work and do whatever I'm doing. So right, I'd be like, do I feel like working tonight or do I not? And if I felt like it, I would. And if I don't feel like it, then I don't. And it's cool that it was always in my control, but it didn't feel that way before. So now it's like I have this more conscious decision over what actions I take when I take them. My philosophy with all of my clients is generally speaking that you don't work at night or on the weekends. You don't basically work past the time you've decided is your work hours, basically from a reactionary place. So you don't do it because you didn't finish your work during the day or you didn't get enough done or you feel like you have to, right? That all is kind of the same mentality. You can never, what I would call overwork, which would be working on the weekends or working at night because you didn't accomplish enough and you need more time. You can do it if you want to from a place of you've thought about it ahead of time or you are working on something that you know you feel very passionate about doing and there's going to be a lot of life that comes from it, right? That's a very different mentality of working not out of obligation, but out of choice and out of like predetermined decision-making, not from a place of urgency and not feeling like enough or good enough or that you did enough and all that, you know, icky feelings that comes from it. Exactly. So there's this big empowered place that you have come to where you feel much more in control of what you're doing. Even if sometimes you're doing exactly the same thing, maybe you do wake up sometimes and decide to work or you do work at night from a very proactive place. Same thing that you were doing before, but now it feels different. Can you describe that feeling to us? Yeah. It's the choice of doing it. It's the being able to consciously do it. I think almost before it was like you were on repeat. I used to play this over it. I felt like I was in a movie where like, you know, this montage just keeps playing where the coffee goes off. It drips into the cup. You go to your computer, you type away. The next morning, alarm goes like same thing. You're just like on the repeated cycle. And now it doesn't feel like 
I don't know the way to describe it. It doesn't feel like a have to. It doesn't feel like a repeat because not every day is the same and that it's not this monotone or monotonous way of being. I don't know. It's some days I meditate. It's some days I go for a walk. It's some days I do get on and I feel like, you know, I just really am in the mood right now and I want to knock this out and I'm going to do it. And I do. And that's okay. You know, it's just this freedom of whatever I want to do. Some mornings I wake up, I'm like, what do I want to do this morning? Maybe I'll do some yoga, you know, and it's just whatever feels right. Whatever feels right to fill you up, not what feels right because you are so overwhelmed or you're feeling so anxious or you need to like accomplish more or you need to get a head start on something. All of those drivers tend to create an imbalanced life. They tend to drain your energy versus like bring you life. And of course, we take lots of action during our day. We do lots of things that take energy from us just because we exist and we live life and we breathe. And so we expel energy. But a big part of our goal is that you know, we choose the way we choose to live our life and the choices that we make and when we work and when we don't work and the kinds of activities or commitments that we have, all of that, we want that to be life-giving to us so that work doesn't feel like work. And so chores don't feel like chores or, you know, life feels free and like you're in control of it. I love it. So good. So I remember this very specific moment that we had in coaching. Of course, you know exactly what moment I'm going to talk about where (laughs) we were talking a lot about not working in your business, but on your business or in your business? Oh, I can't remember. Which one is it? <laughs> so to work more on my business, not always being in the business. In your business, right. Which like in a corporate life, that's like taking time to not just do the task, but step back and think about the big picture of what you're doing. And is the big picture of what you're doing... Like, are you on the right track? Is it meeting the right goals? Is it the right priorities to work with? Right. You can really only do that if you zoom out. Correct. And the same thing when you're an entrepreneur, like you can't always be doing the tasks in your case of organizing. You can't always be with clients. At some point you have to step back and you have to go, how am I going to grow this business? What's the strategy around how I'm going to manage my team better? You know, that sort of thing. Right. So it's the same thing. So we were working on that. And I remember you kept coming to me saying, I just need to spend more time in my office. I'm setting these office times to like do some of this stuff and I'm not following through with this time. (laughs) Instead, I'm filling more clients in there, right? And of course, we all know what that's like. Even in the corporate life, you put a chunk of time on the calendar to like, I'm going to work on this project for these two hours and then somebody needs you during that time. You're like, all right, well, I don't... It's fine. I'll just move that. you know. And then of course, you don't move it. And then (laughs) you get in the cycle. It's all the same stuff, right? Whether we're talking about an entrepreneur or the corporate life. So we were coaching on this and I was pretty clear with you. I put my foot down and I said, no. For the next month, this is what you're going to do. So tell us about what happened during that month and kind of what we coached around. You know, one of the things you kept saying too was like, you need to put your CEO hat on and just kind of like take that step back. So I think I was also treating myself as just an employee and not really having this vision for my company or running it from that stance. And I knew that, but it was just so hard to remove myself from the day to day of what the clients need me. I need to be there. I have to be there. So I remember you challenged me. So like you already said this, but I, you know, block these chunks of time. And then I'd be like, no, well, Joe needs me. So I'll just move that and I'll do it at 2 a.m. And it's fine. Not really 2 a.m., but basically. (laughs) Basically, 2 a.m. or 10 p.m. It doesn't really matter. It's like you're sleeping. Yeah, really. (laughs) So I remember at one point you had said, you can only see one client a day. So no longer was I allowed to wake up, drive to a client, have lunch in my car, and then go to another one. I had to either have the morning or the afternoon reserved for my office time. 
And I thought you were out of your mind. I'm like, this lady's going to derail my business. How am I ever going to keep, you know, everything going, everything afloat, see people, stay on a timeline, you know, all these thoughts. (laughs) And now I never see two clients in a day anymore. It's been so amazing. (laughs) And that was July, right? I think it was July. That was July. That was the month where we said, and I gave you, obviously I was pretty strict with you, but it was like, we're just experimenting. We're going to see what happens in July if you did this. So why did we do that though? Let's get really specific. Why did we like get very specific about how much you were allowed to work in your business and like creating that space to step back and really strategize? Part of it was just being wanting to create the space, right? And reduce the cram. And this is all kind of interlinked together. It's all intertwined. Yep. I think I just couldn't do it without like some specific rules. My brain needed like black and white of like, this is now your new routine or schedule. I wasn't honoring the time before. So it was like, all right, now we've got to kind of hunker down and get a little bit more strict with ourselves. And I remember very specifically that you, as much as we talked about you believing that that office time or that strategy time was, you know, some of the most important time you could spend in your business because it was going to help you grow. It was going to let you get bigger goals, set your vision, think about expanding create processes, all of these things that you needed to do, even though you knew that that was some of the most important time that you could spend, like, but it was almost like you couldn't take that thought and then do it and then execute on it, right? Always when another client came in, it was like, for sure, that's way more important than spending this time strategizing. I think it came down to money for me too, because it was like, well, if I'm not in a client's house, I'm not making money. Like get paid, when I work the hours on these organizing jobs. And if I'm not organizing, then I'm not making money and I'm paying for daycare. So I better be making money. It's kind of like my mentality for a long time. I remember being feeling so guilty. Oh, I have two hours home and Caleb's still at school. I better like, I better do something. But like, how do you sell something and or market it or, you know, put anything in place if you don't give yourself the time to do it? I love continuing to make this connection to the corporate life because it's so true. You feel the same way. When you're sitting there thinking about your workload, if another meeting or another task comes up and you have another opportunity to just check one more thing off your list, that always feels better to your brain than honoring a time to step back and look at the bigger picture and decide if you should even be doing that thing to begin with. Like We all know that we should step back. We need time to prioritize. And yet, when the opportunity to check one more thing comes up, that always feels better to us in the end. So we had to put it to the test. That was ultimately like the deal. It was like, we have to put this to the test. And I was like, fine, I'll do 30 days. That's it. (laughs) We need to prove to your brain that you can make money. And I I even was like, I think you're going to make more money if you take on personally less clients and you spend more time stepping back and strategizing and creating better processes and like honing your business versus doing the actual work. And so that was the theory. And then we had to like, you were trying, trying, trying. And then finally it was like, nope, here's the plan. This is what you're going to do. You're only going to take one client a day. And I think it was like once a week, you didn't even take a client or something. I don't even remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Had to block in a, a whole office day a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so end result, that month came along and what happened? Oh my God. We knocked it out of the park from like a sales perspective. Best sales month ever by almost doubling what I was doing months prior, which was also a good number. Like crazy. I'm like, okay, it's cool. This worked. <laughs> you doubled the amount that you had ever made in one month, basically. By you working less 
and taking more time to step back and think about the big picture and strategize. So why did that work? Now that we've had some time and some space to analyze it, why did it work? Yeah, I think I was able to be a little bit more authentic because I was less frantic. I wasn't just like rushing to respond or making like, not that I made a ton of mistakes, but just like silly little things. Or I had the space in my calendar to just go see clients for a consult when before it was like, I just couldn't even fathom where I could cram something in. And that's where I would make my money. You know, that's where I would close the deal and make a sale. And I think I got over this fear of, oh, I can't see them in the next week. Like they're never going to want to hire me. Like I was like, okay, well, we're booking, you know, now end of August, early or, you know, end of July, early August. And everything became more fact-based instead of just like, well, where can I move this client? If I move her to Tuesday, then maybe on Wednesday I can fit this in. It was always this like puzzle I was trying to maximize. And I think it just allowed me to be more clear on everything. And the clients just kept rolling in and it was just, it came back. We took a step back too, even further to say, let's just get back to why you even wanted to start this business in the first place. Like, what was your why? What do you have to offer people? And then I was able to say, okay, that's right. This is why I started my business. And that was my new like approach to finding new clients and my new marketing strategy. And it was just way more... Everything was relatable. It wasn't a quickie post and you know, from my phone in the Target parking lot. It was like thought out, planned out. What am I going to help them solve? And so people really resonate. Like your marketing was immensely better because you actually took time to really think about it and think about how you could give value and how you can support people through just a single post and what would connect with them, not just from a sales perspective, but just a, how could I help somebody today that might happen to see this post? Which of course is always brings in business when you do that from an entrepreneur standpoint, for sure. Yeah, just being authentic and yeah, kind of connecting mom to mom or whatever the case was, just being real. Yeah, for sure. It always does feel like it feels like this as an entrepreneur. It feels like this in corporate life. It's really all about your priorities. It's really about deciding what is most important to you and then kind of orienting your tasks around that. And inevitably, that's going to mean that some of your tasks go away as they should, right? Because it's not about doing more, it's about stepping back and thinking bigger picture about what's the best strategy for use of my time, like bang for my buck and my time, if I'm only going to work X amount of time, or if I'm only going to do, you know, this amount of work, like what's going to get me the best result out of that. And that's what you did during that time, ultimately. And you thought about marketing, you thought about who you were trying to connect to, and you thought about, you know, what was going to serve them the best. And you thought about consistency and being consistent with your clients. And you thought about how important that was. And you took the time to think about that. You were just evaluative, which is so much of what we do in coaching, right? As we take a step back and we just look at, generally speaking, in coaching, we just take a step back. We go, huh, is this working for you? Is it not working for you? What would work better for you? We just strategize around what you see happening and how that's being created. And if you want to continue to create that. <laughs> and then, you know, having less time to focus in on it, like knowing that like, I'm not logging on tonight, I have to get it all done. Like you just, you hyper focus too to be productive in that space. You're not like wasting the time or, you know, trying to decide, like it's very clear what your priorities are and you just go for it and do it. It just feels more focused. Yeah, because you're saying, you know, my son's coming home from school today at four o'clock or five o'clock whenever I, or I have to go pick him up and I'm not logging back on again today, and I have to finish this task. So there's no more like putzing around on social media. <laughs> there's no more 
getting stuck in like perfectionism. Like I just got to write this or I have to do this and I have to move on because I have to leave and I'm not going to allow myself more time, which is so much of being in control and that freedom that we talked about earlier. That's one of the tools and the strategies that we use in coaching and that I, you know, I coach all of my clients through is like you decide the parameters and then just figure out how to fit into the parameters. That's it. If you continue to say, this is an open-ended project until I get it done, then your brain is going to take an immense amount of time to get it done because you haven't told it otherwise. And of course, it's way more comfortable to take five hours to do something than it is to just take two hours to do something. It's going to feel better in the end, of course. But we know that that actually isn't the life that you want. You want those three hours back. You want to be able to do whatever you want with that time. You want the time to be present. You don't want your brain thinking about what you haven't gotten done and that you didn't complete that and feeling bad about that, right? I think that's one of the biggest things was like, okay, if I knew I wasn't logging back on or I wasn't coming back on till nap time, that was, you know, kind of my rule on my Caleb days was I wouldn't log on till nap time. Like no morning stuff. I wasn't checking anything because I wanted to be mentally there for him. And I saw a huge difference in like the way we spent our days and even our nighttime, you know, all three of us family time, being more present at dinner or, you know, our playtime afterwards, just like putting my phone in the office and not checking it. I just felt like, okay, I'm really here. I don't feel that pull and that distraction. Like the text may have still come in or the leads might have still come in, but like I didn't feel this need to constantly be checking and making sure I was right on, you know, a five minute response time. And why? Why do you think you didn't have that need? Why did it go away? Um, well, I think a lot of it came back to our belief work of just knowing like if they're the right client, you know, they're going to be willing to wait for the response. I think I even wrote it down and like why my July was so successful was because I was willing to just let stuff go. Like not every client is my client. You know, the ones that want something immediately or done yesterday or whatever, they're just not who I need to be servicing. And that's okay. Let someone else take care of them. Where prior to that, I was just like, I need every dollar, I need every client. And it was, you know, frantic. I thought, well, when's the next one going to come? So just kind of knowing like it'll be there when I get there. And if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, just kind of being a little bit more relaxed about it all and believing that the next would come. Two things really pop up. And I love that you use the word belief because it for sure comes back to belief. There's a belief in self, right? That you're, in this case, if a potential new client comes and goes because you didn't get back to them within an hour or whatever, there's just belief that you can go out and get another client. In the same way that in a corporate life, if somebody needs something from you right away and you aren't online to give it to them, they are going to have to wait and they're not going to think poorly of you. <laughs> like you're not going to be less of an employee because you did that, right? So that just be- that very core belief that I'm not getting paid to be online all the time. I'm not getting paid to always be available. I'm <laughs> that has nothing to do with how good I am as a human, as a business owner, as an employee, whatever. Like none of that has a comment on me personally as a human being. And so really separating out like identity from work availability and work, you know, pleasing and people being disappointed and so forth. And then also, I think that that is the second piece of that, you know, so you have that that belief in self, and then you have belief that you can get it done in the end, that you don't have to keep go, go, going in order to achieve at the level that you want to achieve. You believe that you can figure out how to get more clients in the end, or you can figure out how to accomplish more in less time. Like there's just this deep down core belief in you as a human and then in your ability to get it done. Yeah. And the clients will come and it's all going to work out. 
Yeah, for sure. And so many times I would come back to that and I'm like, if you really did believe that another client would be there tomorrow, if you really believed that, you know, what would you do differently? And you're like, well, I just wouldn't answer that text. Like I just let it go. So that's what it points back to. And of course you had potential clients that could have been yours if you would have answered you know, an hour within that time. Or of course you had potential clients that were super frustrated or disappointed that you didn't get back to them. Of course, people were disappointed and frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. And do you want to live your life, you know, based on other people being disappointed? Disappointment's just kind of a way of life. We all feel disappointed sometimes. I feel disappointed sometimes when I'm not getting the fast enough service or when I'm not getting the response time that I want. But that doesn't mean anything about the person. I don't sit there and think about them and think about, I think a great example is like standing in line at at the store. And it's like, do I think less about the store clerk because I'm standing in this long line and I wish that they would go faster? Of course, I don't have any thoughts about that person at all. It's just disappointing and frustrated. And it's just frustrating that I'm standing in a line. That's it, right? So it's not personal. We like to personalize people's disappointments so often. And rarely do we actually personalize that to other people. Rarely do we think about other people in a ill manner (laughs) if they don't get back to us or... you know, they're not available or whatever it is. It's just like, that's a bummer. <laughs> it's usually it's like, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> that's what we say. Exactly. I love it. And then another great example of this is we have been planning for your maternity leave. So as an entrepreneur, there's kind of this added element of complexity, if you will, with the maternity leave, because you just get to decide what your maternity leave is. And in a corporate life, you get paid, at least on some level, you know, most people get paid for some level of their maternity even if it's just at you know some percentage of your pay or whatever it is. But as an entrepreneur... Yeah, we make the rules. It's a little different. It's just a little different. And so tell me, because we did a lot of like, how are you going to have a maternity leave where you're actually turned off and focused on the baby? You know, not like turning off that need to always be on, that need to check in, that need, that urge, the like, the have to, if I'm not around, everything's going to fall apart and... I'm going to have to start. I'm going to start all over again. You know, all of those thoughts that I'm sure you had processed at some point. I wasn't even thinking I was going to take a leave because I remember you asking like, what's your plan? I was like, well, I don't have a plan. I'm just going to figure it out. Like Nick will be off. So I'll just like go out a couple times a week or whatever. And you're like, no, I think you need a plan. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So it kind of went from like not even wanting to remove myself almost at all. I mean, aside from maybe the hospital stay from the business to now I got a Sunny Spaces phone that I've delegated to one of my girls. I have an admin that's taking over even like I have this whole plan in place now, right? So I don't have to check in. And I did a practice run about two weeks ago. We were in Florida for a vacation and I was like, all right, this is my chance to just like let it go. Drop the reins and see what happens. And you know, nothing we're not doing heart surgery here. No one is dying because we didn't get back to them about organizing their pantry fast enough. Like it is all going to be okay. And the girls, one girl did a consult, sold a 36-hour package. Wow, sweet. You know, the ship stayed afloat. But it's still, you know, I'm a little bit on vacation this week and I'm checking in a little bit more. So I'm more just kind of downtime doing not a lot of stuff. But I'm finding ways that I want to be more of a mentor to help them be better at taking over versus just jumping in and doing the action. So there is a little bit of a pull still to just know what's going on, but knowing that I have a plan in place and we're kind of doing these practice weeks leading up to our delivery feels really good. Yeah, I love it. What we really did is we decided what we wanted the result to be. In this case, we wanted you to take a maternity leave and we decided how long that was going to be. And we wanted you to feel present during that maternity leave with your baby. 
And we wanted you to still make money. <laughs> like that, that was the result that we were aiming for. A lot of entrepreneurs take this break, right? And they take this break financially. It was like, no, that's not what we're doing. That's not an okay cultural norm that we have out there. Like you deserve to continue to make money and take a break for sure. And so we just put that as a result that we wanted. And we started working backwards from it. We just said, said now what do we need to do in order to make that happen where you continue to make money, where you're present and you actually take this time off to be present with your baby, right? And so we started working backwards. That's where we started to figure out how many people you needed on a team. What kind of team did you need? What are the kinds of things that get in the way from you being able to be present? Oh, you're the one that is the center of communication. <laughs> so how are we going to like take you out of being central to communication? You know, what does it look like to continue to take leads? Who's going to take that on? How do you train them? How do you do, you know, we were just able to work backwards. And so often we kind of assume the result, if you will, on whatever it might be. We assume instead of decide what it could be. And thus, we don't, you know, problem solve or strategically decide how to make it happen. But really, any result we want in our life, whether that's like leave work at five every single day, that's the goal. If that's the goal that you have, like you start working backwards and say, well, what do you need to do to make that happen? You know, what do you have to do? What do you have to delegate? What do you have to, you know, put your strategic hat on and say, if this is the result that I want, how do I make it happen? And that was a lot of the work that we did to get you to that point. Cause I, what I want to hear from you is like, you're on maternity leave. And I want to hear that you had like the next biggest month that you've ever had <laughs> while you're not even working. I totally believe that that's possible. And I love the idea that we created that for you. I do too. I think it's amazing what we've accomplished goal-wise so far. And I'm now I'm looking forward to a leave. I have confidence in the girls that I have in place that it's all going to work out. But I mean, at the beginning of summer, I didn't have really any of these girls in place. They were kind of new and I just wasn't confident they were the right people. And it was just a little bit putting it out to the universe and saying, okay, this is what we're going to set out for. This is the team I want to hire. And then it just kind of, I don't want to say it happened because we definitely put the work in, but they, it worked out. It happened because we decided we wanted it. And then you went out and you created it. Which I love this. I'd love to segue a little bit into this because obviously you've been coaching with me for two years now on and off, not the whole two years, but kind of like three very specific stints of time that we've been coaching together. Like what has continued to bring you back to coaching? Tell me about why you continue to make this investment in coaching and kind of generally speaking, like what it's done for you. I mean, I feel like at this point, I've got a lot of the tools um, and a lot of the things that we've talked about. And I think just something that I think people don't know or realize or take action on is that you're in control of your thoughts. So anything that you want to think or feel, you can think or feel it. You control that. And I think so often we let different circumstances kind of dictate to us how we feel and we don't take control or ownership over that. And I think that's really a huge part of at least like more maybe the beginning stages of coaching is just that awareness, recognition of what you're actually thinking. So I think, you know, after two years of having that voice in my head. Now I'm always kind of like, oh, what would Rebecca say to that? Or how should I be questioning this or looking at it differently? But I think that's the huge part of just taking that initial step into coaching. I don't think you realize how powerful your own brain is and how much you can control of what you think. Two years ago, three years, whatever we're going on here, I would have never thought I could do some of the things that I did now. 
and change the way that I view things. And what's something that kind of blows your mind as you think about it in retrospect? Just starting this business too. I mean, so you know my whole journey, but I wrote this business plan in 2009 for this business, Sunny Spaces Organizing. It wasn't called that, but Erica Organizes. It was very creative. And I started and stopped three times, I think I want to say over... And I was in my early 20s. I needed some business experience. There's other factors too, but I just never... If it was the belief in myself or I always had these limiting thoughts or reasons why it wouldn't be, I think just knowing that like you can set yourself up for any kind of success that you want, whatever your end goal is. It doesn't have to be starting a business. It can be anything. It can be finding a husband. It can be, you know, figuring out your work life and whatever. There's no circumstance that dictates anything to you. Obviously, I'm a coach. I have two different coaches. I have a business coach. I have a life coach. And one of the big reasons that I continue to pay for coaching and invest in coaches is because though I know that my thoughts are a big part of what creates my life and my results and the way I feel in my life, it's also really hard sometimes to parse out what it is you're thinking. Like it feels so a part of you, like you don't even realize that you have some agency or choice over what it is you think or feel that there's a choice involved here, right? And so, you know, I always like to tell my clients that you have a hundred different ways you can think about this, right? All of them are right. All of them. You just get to decide which one is the most useful to you, which one is going to move you forward, which one makes you feel good and decide that one. But it's really hard sometimes to parse that out. And so, so much of coaching is looking to another person to say, tell what do you hear me saying? That's not really useful to me. That's like holding me back and not making me feel so good. Or just to get clarity sometimes. Like I feel like you ask super simple questions, but they're things I would never think to ask myself why I'm feeling that way or why it happened that way or whatever. And really digging into the core of the reasoning behind any situation. It's like, oh, that's eye-opening. I didn't realize I was feeling that way or thinking those thoughts or that that was a recurring thing that I was doing. So just being able to kind of talk through it and have someone else almost redirect the way your brain, because this all gets kind of mushed up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just kind of straightening out that path and seeing where it is you're really going and whether it's being strategic about a goal or just kind of understanding why you're thinking or feeling a certain way. Sometimes it's hard to know. Yeah, for sure. One of the sayings in coaching is like the brain that creates the problem has a really hard time figuring out the solution without the help of another outside brain. <laughs> You're still creating your own thoughts and you have to believe them and you have to execute on them and so forth. Like it's my brain that's helping to parse out your brain and give you some perspective and give you some options and then you kind of get to look at your options and say, okay, well which one is going to give me the maternity leave that I want and make me the money that I want? Which of these beliefs that I need to hold on to? And I think too a little bit was just like some of the questions like I remember saying, "Oh, my business is successful. This is working." kind of going back to like my crammed life of just go, go, go. Because the dollar amount was there, right? You had like set a goal and you're like, well, I've achieved that goal. So everything is working. And I was like, mm. but it's not, <laughs> but it's not Erica. Yes. You made the money, but you're not living the life that you want to live. You're not feeling the good feels of the life that you've created. You don't feel free. You feel very tethered. And that I knew that that wasn't what you wanted to feel. So it's like, well, not really. We're not there yet. So now we need to figure out how to make the money and feel that way at the same time. And then we doubled our sales. And then we doubled our sales. And felt the bound. No. And you felt good at the same time. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so, so good. Yes. 
I love that you have continued to invest in your brain in that way, that you see the value of really parsing out your thoughts. I know that you will continue along your journey of coaching, whatever that looks like down the line, because coaching is that valuable to you and it has created the results that you have now. So good. So, so good. It felt like a big investment too up front. I was kind of want to say this too, because I remember the first time it was a group setting. So it was a little bit more manageable. And then when I jumped in to do one-on-one, I was like, oh boy, what am I like? I better get results out of this too. You know, I mean, what am I signing up for? It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of money. And what did we do the math? It was like I seven times my investment from just this coaching session in the six months that we coached together or not. It was like not even six months. Yeah, it was a lot. I remember that for sure. So it's just amazing what would have happened if I didn't have you in my corner. I'd probably still be selling baby car seats. So right, <laughs> <laughs> right for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Erica, thank you for sharing some of your story. I just love the before and after of your journey as a go-getter that has learned how to achieve at a much higher level with all of like the lifestyle feelings that you want to have. Like you just have such a beautiful transformation story. And so it's so awesome to hear it from you. Any other parting thoughts that you have around this journey in either coaching or just, you know, who you've become? We're all ears. Well, I think as I go into having my second baby, I think for anyone that's a new mom, especially, it's a really confusing time. And that's what brought us together from our coaching journey. I don't think a lot of my personality has changed, but so much in my life has changed that it's like, how do you manage it all? And now going into having a toddler and a newborn, which advice welcome from all you seasoned moms out there. <laughs> um, you know, It's going to be fine, but it's just, how do you lay that groundwork and framework to create that life as you add, you know, I'll just say add a little more chaos to it. And I feel like we've done a really great job of that, you know, laying out the groundwork and framing out what that's going to look like. And it, these are things that, you know, there's specific examples that we talked about today or we worked through, but it goes across kind of any part of life. So it's been a, such a journey just from fulfilling a dream to being successful and now having a second kid on the way. And I remember when I wanted to quit my job last year, Nick was, my husband was like, can you please just wait till we have another baby? And like, we get through all this. And I was just so determined to say, no, I want to live my life my way and nothing is going to stop me. And so here we are. So just be proud of everything we've accomplished. I love it. Yeah. You should feel proud because you have come (laughs) a long way. It's so fun and exciting. I just love that mentality. Like I'm going, here's my goal. Nope. (laughs) It's I'm time. It's time. I'm ready. I'm not going to let life's circumstance dictate this for me. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to create it. So good. Uh, Well, thank you again for sharing your story. It has been an honor to hear and to have you here. And of course, if you are in the greater Pittsburgh area and you are looking for an amazing organizer, I have one right here for you. And so I will put your information in for sure in the show notes for anyone interested. And of course, if you are looking to start a journey like this and you want to set those goals and need help and assistance and you think coaching might be a place for you, then let's have a free chat and let's connect and see if this is the right solution for you. So I will put information in the show notes around how you can book a free call. All right. Thanks, Erica. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, before you go, I want to take a moment and tell you about an opportunity to speak with me directly. If you've been listening to this podcast and still feel like you need help balancing a fulfilling career with motherhood, then I encourage you to schedule a free breakthrough call. On this call, we will get crystal clear on exactly what it is you want out of your career and how you want to balance that with motherhood. And then we'll craft next steps 
for you to start moving toward a more calm and fulfilling working mom life. Head over to www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash book to apply for this free call. Till next week and working moms, let's get to it.